Welcome to Ask the Pastors, a segment of the West Hills podcast where you have the opportunity to ask your questions and receive biblically grounded, pastorally sensitive answers from our pastoral staff. My name is Brian. I'm your host and one of the pastors on staff here, and I'm joined by Pastor Thad. Hey, everyone. And Pastor Will. What's up? In this episode, we will be addressing a question submitted by an anonymous listener. Uh, The question is, do I take communion even if I didn't get baptized, but I have accepted Jesus as my Savior? So, Pastor Will, why don't we start with you? My understanding you have something to read. I do. Start us off. I do. So let me um, uh, first of all thank the uh, listener for the question and second of all reply to the question very succinctly in a one-word answer and then third I'll get into a much longer uh, explanation. So my thank you and my quick reply is no. Uh, I believe you should not take communion if you um, have not yet been baptized and um, so let me explain why. And um, let me also give some context for this. So uh, this is a position paper of sorts. It really was an email um, I used to do uh, years ago um, before we kind of built the church weekly newsletter out to what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, On a weekly basis, we were doing just a monthly uh, letter and I was doing kind of a, a little two, three page little blog, so to speak, uh, article for those, um, depending on, you know, issues that were relevant at the time for our church or holidays coming up or whatever, kind of a pastor's reflection. And so um, this is the May 17th, 2019 uh, episode of of that article that I wrote um, for our monthly newsletter. And uh, since many of you weren't even at West Hills, um, our, our church is almost completely <laughs> tur- turned over, not turned over, everyone's left, but doubled and, you know, most of the folks, more than doubled, and most of the folks here now weren't there at that time. So I thought I'd be safe um, maybe pulling it out, dusting it off and reading it for you um, to get my thoughts on the issue. So good. Here's, here's what I had to say then, and I still believe. Uh, Many of you have noticed a subtle change in the way that I've introduced communion recently at West Hills. Some of you have reached out to me via phone, email, or in person to inquire. Side note, that's really encouraging to know that you are thinking deeply and care about important issues. Uh, But all the questions center on two big words, baptized believers. I have used these words, baptized believers, to refer to who the Lord's Supper is intended for. One of these words, believers, should come as no surprise to anyone. Concerning the meal, Jesus instructed his followers to do this in remembrance of me. A charge Paul reiterates in 1 Corinthians 11.24, a letter written specifically to the church of God uh, in Corinth. An unbeliever who has not been born again and who has thus no share with Jesus, um, as Jesus says in John 13, Verse 8, cannot receive communion in remembrance of Christ. The nature and meaning of the meal itself prevent unbelievers from participating. They may eat a cracker and drink some grape juice, but they will not be observing the Lord's Supper because Jesus is not their Lord. The other word, baptized, is trickier. I could offer you all the reasons, and I gave uh, my fellow elders at that time um, six reasons at our monthly elders meeting why I think 
along uh, with the majority of Christians throughout church history, that communion should be reserved for those who have been baptized. But I think it, I would do better simply here to share with you the takeaways from our extended conversation on the topic as a group of elders. So what follows is six truths, biblical truths, that we are in unanimous agreement about as the overseers of West Hills. Uh, number one, baptized, uh, baptism is not required for salvation. <clears throat> By grace you've been saved through faith, not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, lest anyone should boast. So it's not grace plus faith plus baptism or plus communion or plus church attendance. The gospel alone has the power to save us. Uh, number two, baptism is important, however. It's very important. Like, so important that it was the, one of the last things Jesus reminded us, commanded us to do before he returned to heaven in Matthew 28, 19. Baptize them in the name. The Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, so important that at West Hills we require baptism as a believer by immersion for church membership. So important that our denomination, General Baptist, is named after it, and our specific branch of church history includes the martyrdom of thousands of Anabaptists, literally rebaptizers, who were willing to be drowned rather than renounce their biblical conviction that baptism is intended only for believers based on a profession of faith. For Jesus, baptism is not optional and it is not to be taken lightly. Thirdly, the Lord's Supper shouldn't be taken lightly either. Whoever eats, therefore, the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven. Paul goes so far as to link some of the deaths in the church at Corinth to their drinking judgment on themselves at the communion table. So what does it mean to receive the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner? Well, without listing all the reasons that I believe... Uh, this either. Um, there's lots of good uh, other arguments I could, I could um, articles we could link for what it means to eat in an unworthy manner, but I believe an unworthy manner means living with conscious, unrepentant sin in your heart. We all sin, and the Lord's table of all places is for sinners. But to go on knowingly sinning, refusing to turn from our sin by God's grace and with his help, back to serve the one we confess as Lord is fundamentally incompatible with the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus is king. Conscious, unrepentant sin says, I am king. We cannot serve two masters. If we are knowingly and unapologetically serving the one, Paul warns us against participating in a meal provided to honor the other. Number four, therefore we ought to examine ourselves before coming to the table. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-eight exhorts us. <clears throat> in the context of 1 Corinthians 11, the conscience unrepentant sin of many in Corinth had become divisiveness, selfishness, a lack of concern for the poor and hungry. If we take Paul's principle here, though, and apply it in our own 21st century context, we ought to ask ourselves, what conscious unrepentant sins might Paul warn us against today before we rush to the communion table? A sexually immoral relationship, a habitual pattern of gossip or slander, the idolatry of cherishing our career, family, money above God. Refusing to be baptized in obedience to Christ. It could be any number of things that fill in that blank. You fill in the blank for yourself. I know I really ought to blank, but I'm just going to not do that. Paul's warning to examine ourselves is a reminder that if there's anything in that blank for us, a sin for which we've made excuses and exemptions, allowing ourselves Allowing that sin to live on in our hearts alongside the very indwelling presence of God's Holy Spirit, we must confess it, renounce it, and turn from that sin at the altar, lest we too drink judgment on ourselves. Uh, number five, we 
will not single out baptism going forward. So this is getting back to West Hill's practical policy going forward now. So from now on, you will hear me as pastor invite believers who have examined themselves and were, would partake in this meal in a worthy manner to join us at the table. Refusing baptism is just one of any number of conscious, unrepentant sins that we could be guilty of that should preclude us from coming to the Lord's table. We won't be checking baptismal certificates going forward. Neither will we present you with a com comprehensive sin checklist to check off on. By the way, we never did any of those things. But joking aside, that should be a part of your own personal weekly routine each Sunday during that time given for self-examination. This meal is for remembering the gospel that I am sinful and Jesus is Lord and Savior. I encourage you to ask him each week to reveal areas of sin in your life, and as he does, repent and resolve to follow him again. And then finally, number six, God's grace is sufficient for all our sins. This is the single most important thing we remember at the table each week, and it is precisely because God's grace is so good, so undeserved, so amazing, that we refuse to cheapen or abuse his grace by living on in sin. We can't. To do so signifies that we haven't truly understood or accepted it in the first place. God's word tells us. Praise God that his grace is sufficient, that though there are caverns of my heart where pockets of sin still reside, Jesus has already forgiven those sins I'm not even aware of yet. But praise God, too, that with his grace and aid, when he does raise my consciousness to those areas of sin, I can put to death the old self and be raised to new life in Christ. Baptism is a powerful picture of this and one of only two ordinances, literally an order of Christ, that we observe together as a church. Let us not neglect it. In truth, with love, in Christ, Pastor Will. And then I've just got a PS here about it. If you want to be baptized or discuss it further, please email me at westhillsstl.org. Uh, it doesn't have to um, wow. take place on Sunday morning. And, and obviously we've, we've um, changed some of that. And one of the things I would say in response to even reading that this week is I, maybe I need to repent that I've gotten away from some of that, that you know sometimes the sermon goes long, I'm checking the time, I'm realizing, oh, I need to kind of rush. Um, and so we don't give as much time for examination before we go to the table together. We don't give as much time. I don't necessarily um, every week specifically um, include that, that line about, you know, this meal is for those in God's family who would come in a worthy manner, who would, who would examine your hearts and come in a worthy manner. So maybe that is something that I need to get back to and, and maybe even on a periodic, once a month kind of basis, do a, a little bit of a wider explanation for what that even means for people who, who might be new or newer, um, and just that, that maybe a monthly or quarterly at least kind of reminder, hey, this is what we mean by an unworthy manner, uh, conscious, unrepentant mm -hmm. sin. That's, that's really pointing to the fact you need to go deal with a sin before you come. You know, Jesus uses the example in Matthew 5 of, you know, if, if you've got something with a brother, leave your gift at the altar. Sometimes we apply that to the communion table. That could be an interpersonal thing, a conflict with someone. Hey, Jesus takes those relationships so seriously. You need to go and be reconciled and figure out that rift before you come and, and worship the Lord in this way. Uh, but it could be any number of things. Like, again, I, I gave a number of examples from... Um, sexual immorality mm -hmm. to gossip, slander to, to, to baptism, and and uh, I would still uh, put that in that in baptism in that category of you know, if you are, if you are theologically convinced of the credo Baptist position that um, I should be baptized uh, as soon as I become a believer, like Philip says in Acts eight, you know, man, for to the Ethiopian eunuch. 
you believe in Jesus, like why, why wait? Like, let's find the, the closest water we can and let's, let's mm-hmm. baptize you. That, um, then, then that should be true of every true believer at West Hills mm-hmm. as well, that you should, um, get to the water as quickly as you can to, to, um, be, obey Christ and to, and to sh- proclaim that from the rooftops publicly for the church to hear and celebrate with you, but also for unbelievers to, to mm-hmm. see and hear as a, as a witness for them as well. So um, I think that's where I'll pause, at least for now. And I've got a couple other things. Maybe if, you know, Thad, I'll, I'll let you get in. And then if, if you don't touch on it, maybe there'll be time at the end for me to, to make a couple other quick points. But go ahead. Yeah, I, I think all those are... Are really helpful and important for us that reminding ourselves of why baptism is important for this question of can I take the Lord's Supper even though I haven't been baptized you know I I commend you desiring to want to participate in that that it's natural for those who are believers to want to participate and follow in Jesus's ordinance of the Lord's Supper, uh, but also use that as a reminder that when we take the cracker and take the juice, that there is not something magical that occurs in us as we eat and as we drink. As Pastor Will mentioned, it's, it's an opportunity for us to be reminded of the gospel of what Jesus has done for us. And that's an important part. And part of the reason why we celebrate the Lord's Supper every Sunday here at West Hills as a reminder to ourselves to preach the gospel to ourselves. But at the same time, and has already been mentioned, as you desire to partake in the Lord's Supper, you should also be desiring to be baptized, to be in obedience in that way so that you can participate in the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner. And there are all sorts of reasons um, that an individual could give for why they perhaps would not want to be baptized. Speaking in front of people, they don't see the necessity. If it's not a matter of salvation, why do I have to be baptized? And I would just. I don't want to get my hair wet in the winter when it's going to be cold outside <laughs> and I have to blow. No, I mean, seriously, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. that's the best, worst excuse that I've heard um, before from someone. I'll wait until the spring or summer when it warms up so I'm not as cold when I go back outside. Like, bring a blow dryer. <laughs> we have electricity at the church. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> That's a good point. But all, all, all of those excuses individuals can give for why not to be baptized, I would encourage you, challenge you, exhort you to look at the scriptures and see that baptism is a command of Jesus. And if we desire to be faithful followers, baptism will follow our salvation. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Well, the, the, what I wanted to just jump back in on is even though in my newsletter to everyone there, um, I, I said maybe I won't go into the case that I made for believers, uh, at, uh, baptized believers invitation for the Lord's Supper um, that I gave to the elders at our meeting when we discussed this prior to that newsletter. I, I did pull that document up as well um, and re-looked at that and might just quickly read a couple of the points that I made for them because maybe it will help flesh out even more of the biblical rationale for this. So I already, I already mentioned um, some of these, obviously the biggest one being warning against uh, conscious unrepentant sin. 
Um, baptism is a commandment. To, to ignore it is to ignore a command of Jesus. That's unrepentant sin. Uh, that's the biggest, and that's really game, set, and match. But even beyond that, you know, I, I kind of alluded to as well in the newsletter, the vast majority of church, of the church throughout history, um, including especially Baptists, and you know, you, you could read the Baptist faith and message, and other governing documents and, and Baptist history as well for that. But, but, but even you know, again, even we we might understand baptism itself differently. But even I mean, this is something that. Lutherans, Presbyterians, I mean, up and down the list, they're going to agree with us on. They might disagree with what baptism is and who's actually baptized and babies are baptized for them, but they're still going to say that baptism should happen before the Lord's Supper and that the Lord's Supper is reserved for baptized members of the church. And so unless to me there's a really compelling biblical reason to break with tradition on something like that, we should be careful doing that. I'll just give um, three other quick reasons. The normative sequence in the New Testament is this, belief for salvation, then be baptized, then partake in the Lord's Supper and other church functions. Mm-hmm. You look at Acts 2, the, the very earliest church, post-Pentecost, and that was, that was the order uh, in which that happened. Um, there are no New Testament examples of someone unbaptized being included in the Lord's Supper. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. no, there's no evidence for that. Uh, second um, point to add to that, uh, Baptism is a believer's one-time rite of passage into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. So part of what we're doing in the act of baptism is not only symbolizing your uh, being united with Christ, being adopted into God's uh, family and back into relationship with God. Uh, you know, that kind of a, we use the, the, the metaphor sometimes of uh, of like a, a wedding ceremony and, and what's happening at a wedding is this uniting and, um, and and so if that is true though we know that God you're, again we've talked about this a lot recently is that our faith is personal but it's not private it's not just me and Jesus and, and yeah. so much of the Bible is is in the plural tense it's, it's all about a community of faith and that um, God saves us into a community. He saves us into a family. To be a part of God's family, to be an adopted child of God, uh, 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 is to be a brother or a sister of lots of other family members. And so that's what Paul's talking about in 1 Corinthians 12 here. We, we're all baptized into one body. So it's a rite of passage <clears throat> into the church, the visible body of Christ on earth. So the Lord's Supper then is given to the church to remember Christ corporately as a body in unity. 1 Corinthians 10, 17. Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we partake of the one bread. So in the same way, not only is communion about remembering the vertical relationship of what Jesus has done for us to purchase us, our adoption back to God's to, to belong to God, but again, to belong to God's family. I mean, so much of even the language used around communion in the New Testament is corporate. It's, it's about unity together as a family. And so in the absence of baptism, I would, we would understand one has not officially joined the church, the capital C church yet. And the Lord's Supper is a family meal for the church. Therefore, baptism lets us know who is a member of that family. And the last thing that I'll um, add here is just on a practical note, I think baptism provides an extra safeguard 
against someone receiving the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner, specifically as an unbeliever. Now, and I, and, and, and I think, you know, just judging from the handwriting, I think that this question was submitted by, um, by a, a child, a young person at West Hills. Wonderful. You know, you're, you're sitting here saying, hey, I have, I, I've accepted Jesus as my Savior, but I haven't been baptized yet. Should I, um, should I come to the table? Well, uh, part of what I'm saying and saying no is we want to help you make sure you're not, uh, you're not receiving the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. And the, the, the most unworthy manner of all is to not actually be a believer. And, you know, again, without being patronizing or whatever, don't let anybody look down on you because of your youth, you might be an 8-year-old, 10-year-old, 12-year-old, whatever, young um, person raised in the church who genuinely thinks that you have uh, surrendered your life to Christ. Obviously, none of us can perfectly judge anyone else's, much less even our own hearts. Only God knows our heart fully. And who knows whose name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life. But that is part of the job of the elders of the church. Part of the job of the elders of the church is to help, uh, you know, and when we're receiving people to membership based on a credible profession of faith, when we're uh, baptizing people based on a credible profession of faith, part of our job as pastors and elders is to put the, the church's stamp of approval and saying, hey, we have actually heard heard you share verbally out loud your testimony and based on everything we're hearing and you know quizzing you and follow-up questions about hey share the gospel with me and tell me why you want to be baptized and let's have a discussion we we are it's not just you proclaiming your faith to the church it's us it's the church mm-hmm. it's me as a pastor baptizing you publicly saying to the church i also believe and validate this person's profession of faith. And so um, the, the worst thing, again, that, that you could do is to, in all of this is to go through life thinking, well, I, I'm a believer and I'll get to baptism when I get, you know, it's whatever. And the, the, the fact that you haven't been baptized, part of that practically means you've never maybe shared your testimony with a uh, vocational Christian mm-hmm. whose job it is to help you discern whether or not that's a valid credible profession of faith or whether or not you really need to check your heart, check the scriptures, pray more, uh, be discipled more, because we're not really sure that you're saved yet. And again, we make mistakes on that. I, mean, I, I uh, anyway, we, we don't get that perfect, mm-hmm. but, um, but that, that is one of the checks and balances I think that, that, uh, that God gives to the church. So yeah. again, just to put a bow on it, while not everyone who is baptized is truly saved, Many who would otherwise take communion just to fit in on a Sunday might be warned against doing so by this qualifier. So hmm. if, if, I, if I'm specifically fencing the table, so to speak, by saying, hey, you need to be, be baptized. And, and you can get legalistic with that. You can go over the top and you can mm-hmm. say, hey, you have to be baptized at this church. You have to be a member of this church. You know, your, your statement of faith has to be uh, validated by by me personally or whatever, as as opposed to saying, you know what, um, we don't want to get pharisaical about this, but we do think that it's important. Christianity, it really is. It's a community thing. It's a it's a team sport, and it's not enough for you to just think that you know I believe the right thing. I mean, the demons believe the right things about Jesus. Like we mm. we're looking for that change of heart, and, and we mm. want to be able to validate that and then celebrate that in the act of baptism. So yeah, that's right. So what would you say to somebody who's listening, who's feeling conviction of, uh, man, I've been taking the Lord's Supper and I'm not baptized. What are next steps? 
email us, call the church office. Why wait? We can fill up the baptistry this Sunday, and we would be honored to uh, celebrate with you um, your your faith in the Lord and proclaim that to the church in baptism. And again, we will sit down and have a discussion first and make sure that, that we don't need to you know push back and encourage you to, to think and pray more and, and uh, study scripture more. But yeah, no, I... I baptism is absolutely one of the most exciting coolest things that I get to do as a pastor Mm -hmm. don't deprive me of that don't deprive that you know Mm -hmm. don't don't deprive yourself of that don't Mm -hmm. don't um, don't don't why wait why wait encourages Um, the church too yeah 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 so I would encourage them to get in touch with us like let's let's discuss getting you baptized as soon as possible that's it for this week's episode of ask the pastors Remember that you can submit your questions by visiting the info bar at West Hills or by asking them online through our website at www.westhillsstl.org. Don't forget to join us again next week as we replay a few of our questions that were addressed at our recent Ask the Pastors live event a few weeks ago. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, hit that like button, subscribe, be sure to share it with a friend. Thanks so much for listening. Catch you next week.